Hey there everybody, you're listening to The Raven's Grove. I'm your host, Dahi, and today we're going to be diving into the world of archaeology. More specifically, we're going to be talking about the Mayan codices. Now before we get started, this episode of The Raven's Grove is going to feature references to self-harm and violence. So if that is in any way an issue for you, please do not listen to this episode. That being said, these references are not going to be talked about in detail, so if you're okay with me just mentioning them as like, just mention them like I did this just then, then you'll be fine. But if that's in any way an issue for you, please avoid this topic. Anyways, on to the main topic of the episode. The four Mayan codices are the sole surviving written record of the Mayan civilization that were written pre-Spanish invasion. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with them, the Mayan civilization was one of the most advanced civilizations in the Americas pre-Spanish invasion, being located in modern-day Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula in the southeast, along with the Central American countries of Belize, Guatemala, Honduras, and parts of El Salvador. The Mayans were truly amazing mathematicians, astronomers, and scientists, creating the first complex writing system in the Americas, coming up with the mathematical concept of the number zero by roughly the year 300 CE, before even the Arabic world had invented it, and establishing hyper-accurate celestial charts that they were able to relate celestial events thousands of years into the future, down to the hour, day, month, and year. Now, this was actually confirmed in the early 2000s when a joint project between archaeologists and astronomers decided to test the accuracy of these star charts by traveling to Chichen Itza in Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula to observe a specific celestial event that had been predicted over a thousand years earlier by the Mayans. Now, when they got there, no one expected that prediction to be accurate. The prediction was only off by 30 minutes. This is a prediction made over a thousand years in advance, and they only got it wrong by 30 minutes. That is saying something. However, do not mistake the Mayans for a bunch of peaceful um, astronomers and mathematicians. The Mayan world was soaked with blood and violence. See, the Mayans believed that the gods needed to consume human blood to survive, and so the practices of ritual self-mutilation, bloodletting, and human sacrifice were a daily occurrence in Mayan culture. This is aided by the fact that the vast majority of Mayan society was illiterate, with only the high-ranking nobility, royalty, priests, scribes, and general clergy being able to read and understand the complex Mayan script. This widespread lack of literacy, combined with the hyper-accurate astronomical charts calculated by the priests, enabled them priests, royalty, and high-ranking nobility to use celestial events such as solar and lunar eclipses in a theatrical manner in order to solidify their power base and keep the commoners subservient. The Mayan codices were much more than just star charts, however. They were the total accumulation of the knowledge, culture, religion, laws, and values of the Mayan civilization. In short, they were the very essence of the Mayan culture in book form. Now, sadly, there are only four Mayan codices left in the world that archaeologists know of for certain. The four codices are named after the locations where they are currently held. These are, in order, number one, the Dresden Codex, held in Dresden, Germany. Number two, the Paris Codex, held in Paris, France. Number three, the Madrid Codex, held in Madrid, Spain. And finally, the Codice Maya de México, uh, from Spanish, Mayan Codex of Mexico, held in the vaults of the Biblioteca Nacional de México, National Library of Mexico, in Mexico City. By the way, the Mayan Codex in Mexico was, until very recently, known as the Grolier Codex, G 
due to its help being held at the famed Grolier Club in New York City. Now, before I go on about why these codexes are so important, we should know that they are apparently, well, they're copies, not of uh, mine codexes themselves. They are original mine codexes. But according to the estimates, these codexes were written in the 12th century, the 1200s, basically. Now, that was right when the Mayan society was about to collapse. Like, according to archaeological estimates, the classic period of the Maya, the real heyday, was between the years 300 CE and 900 CE. And so, as a result, anything between 900 and 1250 is when the Mayan society was basically going downhill. By 1250, it had all but disappeared. So, these Mayan codexes were written at the tail end of Mayan civilization, but there's a very real possibility that they were written, they were copies of earlier books. Now, these codexes are of immeasurable cultural and historical significance, and as such, are kept under extremely heavy security measures. An example of this was shown in a documentary by National Geographic in 2012 as part of the whole Mayan doomsday scare. Don't worry, I'll be covering that later in this episode. During the documentary, the film crew were taken to see a hand-painted, exact copy of the Dresden Codex, which of the four codexes that we have that have survived to modern day is the best conserved, best preserved, sorry, and the most complete. This copy was so valuable that the film crew were legally obligated to keep its location a secret. That should give you an example of how highly valued the original codexes are. Now, you may be wondering why there's so few written records remaining if the minds valued their books and knowledge so much. Well. This is due to her actions of an absolute nutcase of a Franciscan friar called Diego de Landa. De Landa was a bishop of the Yucatan in the mid-1500s and orchestrated the, Mex- orchestrated the Mexican Inquisition. In July 1562, he ordered an auto de fe, which, for those of you who don't know, is basically a purge of all native religious iconography. In other words, he ordered the complete annihilation of another culture in the name of religion. See, the Mayan beliefs were so alien, so foreign, so abhorrent to Delanda that he believed them to be devil worship, and thus hundreds, if not thousands, of books containing centuries or millennia of accumulated knowledge just went up in smoke. To be completely honest with your listeners, if I could send a Terminator back in time to kill certain people from history, Diego Delanda would be at the number three spot on my hit list, after Julius Caesar at number one and Adolf Hitler at number two. I personally consider Delanda that great a monster. For the re- for the record, the reason Hitler ranks below Caesar on that list is because apart from the plethora of atrocities Caesar committed against the Gauls, Celts, Egyptians, Germanic tribes people, and the Carthaginians, Caesar ordered the burning of the Library of Alexandria. Now, I will be doing future episodes on the Celts and the Gauls and on the Library of Alexandria, so stay tuned for those and you will completely understand why I hate Caesar so much. Anyways, The main reason it took so long for the modern world to be able to read the Mayan codices was that, well, to decipher an ancient language, you need two different and very important things. First off, you need an abundance of written material. And secondly, and just as important, you need a bilingual translation into a language you can understand. To give a comparison, listeners, when Napoleon's army discovered the Rosetta Stone in Egypt in July 1799, they saw it had three distinct languages inscribed on its surface. Hieroglyphs, which were used by priests, which were an ancient writing system. 
Demotic, which is used, was used by commoners, the standard written language of Ptolemaic era Egypt. And finally, ancient Greek, as the rulers of Egypt at the time spoke ancient Greek as their first language. The important thing to take away from this is that A, the Egyptians had a true abundance of written records. Seriously, the Egyptians kept records on literally every topic that they came across. And B, ancient Greek was a language known to the French and later British scholars who attempted to decipher the hieroglyphs. When the French linguist Jean-Francois Champollion finally cracked the code of the hieroglyphs in the 1820s, it was because of these factors. Now think about the fact that no one understood how the Mayan language operated, and the fact that Diego de Landa had burned nearly all the codices, thus eliminating the vast majority of written material. And it's no wonder that it took until the 1970s for the modern world to crack the Mayan code. Now, there are many people you know, that the modern world has to thank for cracking the mind code, but my, in my personal opinion, the main people responsible are Yuri Konorosov, David Stewart, and Linda Scheel. I'll be talking about them all at a later date, but let's just say that they are all vital in deciphering the mind hieroglyphs. Now, and getting back to the whole 2012 doomsday thing, speaking as someone who actually has a degree in archaeology from university, it's completely misunderstanding of the mind concept of time. See, the Mayans viewed time as a series of cycles, with the end of the 12th Baktun, which is the largest cycle, and the start of the 13th Baktun taking place on December 21st, 2012. Now, here's where the misunderstanding comes in. Back in the 1800s, a German linguist saw a panel in the Dresden Codex depicting what he perceived to be an apocalyptic flood spouting from the jaws of a crocodile-headed god. As such, he thought that it meant and basically the end of the world, and he noticed the date would be in the modern calendar, December 21st, 2012. However, he was completely off the mark with his theory. For one thing, the deity he described was a god of creation, not destruction. Water, incidentally, also means creation in the Mayan calendar. Finally, for another thing, the, while the Mayan calendar does emphasize, place significant emphasis on the date, December 21st, 2012, it doesn't signify an apocalypse. See, the end of a Bakhtun and the start of another Bakhtun in Mayan cosmology does signify a very important event. But one thing that is very clear is that nearly every time that event will not be immediately, immediately noticeable. To put this in a modern analogy, if you drive a car, you know about the odometer, how it measures the amount of kilometers your car travels, or miles if you're in America. Now, when your car's odometer reaches its limit, it resets to zero. The car does not blow up. Now, what is certain, according to the Mayan calendar, is that something very important happened on the date 21st December 2012. What that important thing is, well, we, that we just don't know. Someone could have been born, someone could have died, someone could have done something or thought of something or created something. The point is, we don't know what it is without extreme hindsight and distance separating us from that date. And in all honesty, we'll probably never know in, the, well, certainly the majority of my lifetime, it probably won't be visible for another 100 years or so. Anyways, thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I've been Dahi, you've been awesome, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.